peanuts are not nuts at all. They are legumes. They are beans, folks. And there's a lot of lectins in peanuts. Now, that's one of the reasons why we have so many peanut allergies, aside from the fact that they're genetically modified. Welcome to the HealthQuest Podcast, your guide to God's will for your health. Hello, my name is Dr. Sal, and I've been a practicing doctor and surgeon for well over 30 years. And my goal for each episode is that you'll be able to have your mind transformed to God's design for your health and hopefully affect the way you eat and live. If you're new here, we release a new episode every week, and if you enjoy the content, would you please leave us a a good review. It really helps our ratings and allows our show to reach more people. And in turn, we can help others as well. We'd like to thank you for your support. And on today's episode, we'll be talking about lectins. So let's dive right on into today's health quest. If you remember from our last talk, our last, um, podcast, we were talking about how gluten, which is a, uh, a protein of wheat and its storage uh, protein known as gliadin are strong triggers for a chemical that's released from the intestines called zonulin. That's what ends up breaking down those little tight junctions in between the cells that line the, the gastrointestinal system and then allows for large particles to enter, which causes an inflammatory response or allergic reaction in the intestinal lining, causing irritation in more leaky gut, and also getting into the systemic system, which means it's in the bloodstream, circulating around the body, and then uh, initiating or inducing an immune response, which then attacks other organ systems. Today, though, we're gonna be talking about lectins, and lectins are a class of protein molecules known as agglutinins that bind to sugar moieties on the surface of cells. Okay, so each one of our cells has these uh, sugar molecules known as glycoconjugates, and these lectins bind to it. And they're basically found in all foods, but mostly they're in grains such as wheat, barley, rye, oats, uh, nightshade vegetables. Uh, such as your tomatoes and your eggplants, um, as well as and mostly beans or legumes like lentils, kidney beans, black beans, uh, chickpeas. And you got to remember that peanuts are not nuts at all. They are legumes. They are beans, folks. And there's a lot of lectins in peanuts. Now that's one of the reasons why we have so many peanut allergies, aside from the fact that they're genetically modified. And also the peanut-based um, uh, products such as uh, peanut butter and peanut oils. Now, eggs normally don't have lectins, okay? And yet some people will say, yeah, but I'm allergic to eggs. Well, uh, eggs don't have lectins as long as they're pasture-raised. But if they're uh, fed with grains, which is one of the ways they fatten the chickens up, then, yes, they could develop these things. But the worst of all lectins is the wheat germ agglutinin, or the WGA. And this is an isolectin of gliadin. 
And we talked about that in our last podcast. And it really needs to have more recognition as an important dietary problem, folks. This is why I try to uh, advise uh, eliminating wheat as much as possible from your diet because uh, this wheat germ agglutinin interferes with protein digestion and it increases the gut permeability. And again, if the protein isn't digested properly and you start developing a leaky gut, then you start having more of these proteins getting into the bloodstream and causing other issues. And the key with this is, is that these lectins are involved in every acute and chronic inflammatory disorder. And it activates the chronic inflammatory state through the nuclear factor kappa B. And remember, we talked about this in the podcast when we were talking about inflammation. And anytime you stimulate that um, transcription factor, nuclear factor kappa B, it, it starts that cascade of events, which then re, uh, releases all these pro-inflammatory cytokines. So we, we start to see that this chronic state leads to neurodegenerative disorders, uh, to inflammatory bowel disease, and also autoimmune diseases. What's more, these wheat germ agglutinins reduces the body's resistance to viruses and to cancer. Dietary lectins dramatically reduce natural killer cells, and it does this by disrupting the intestinal flora, which leads to leaky gut, and it inhibits or stops the production or proliferation of the T-cell lymphocytes. And we talked about that in our podcast on inflammation. The T-cells and the natural killer cells is what destroys va uh, viruses and it attacks cancer cells when they're starting off. So without them, we reduce our ability to fight off viruses and prevent the spread of cancer. Now, the question lies is, does it cause allergic responses? Well, we know that wheat germ agglutinin also initiates the allergic responses and reactions causing the gut to release the pro-inflammatory cytokines, interleukin-4, 13, and histamine. And as you know, when we have an allergic reaction, we take antihistamines. Well, histamine gets released in the intestinal system or in the intestinal lining, and that's a local inflammation. Of course, once it gets into the bloodstream, it causes other allergies, which then results in things such as eczema and psoriasis, gets into the joints and starts causing all these osteoarthritis. So many food allergies are actually immune response reactions to lectins. There you go, folks. That's where you get it. That's why we're seeing a lot of peanut allergies. We're seeing a lot of gluten allergies, uh, soybean in particular too as well. Um, and maybe not so much locally where it upsets the stomach, but it also uh, the soybeans can, with their lectins, also affect other areas of the body too as well. When people travel to Europe, however, they notice that, number one, they don't have these problems even if they eat uh, pasta or bread, particularly in, in Italy. And the reason being is because if you go to Sicily, and I was there four years ago, uh, that's where you'll notice all the wheat farms are there in Sicily. Well, guess what? Those wheat farms have been there since the time of the Roman Empire and they still use the same seeds. They are not genetically modified. So a lot of their wheat, and a lot of this is described in Dr. William Davis's book, Wheat Belly, uh, 
those natural wheat kernels have less gluten than our genetically modified counterparts. And the same thing with the peanuts. So this is all due to the lectins that cause a lot of these allergies. Now, are lectins dangerous to the gut? Well, what we do know about lectins is that they are cytotoxic, meaning they are toxic to the cells. And we know that the wheat germ agglutinin is resistant to the gastrointestinal degradation. So anytime we eat foods, um, the, the stomach contains acids, which helps to break up the proteins and the fats. And then we've got enzymes that starts to break them down into smaller particles, such as amino acids, lipids, and simple sugars. And so the wheat germ agglutinin is resistant. And so it starts to go through the system, starting to uh, induce destruction similar to an antibody-dependent cytotoxicity. In other words, it binds to the cell surface and then all of a sudden the cells recognize it as being this irritant and then the immune system goes out to attack it and that's how it starts to destroy the cells. And eventually it causes an increased shedding of the brush border membrane, the shortening of the villi, which we showed in our last podcast. Those are like those little finger-like projections and it accelerates the loss of cells. It reduces the surface area of the intestines, which then reduces the uh, the intestines ability to absorb foods. So these actions are different than uh, the gliadin and the zonulin, which we talked about before, which basically work intracellularly. So they get into the cells and they cause a cascade of reactions and an abnormal production of the proteins that form those junctions. And then once those junctions break apart, that's where the the spaces in between the cells open up and allow for the large proteins, bacteria, toxins to get in, which is really the objective of the intestinal system is to block all that. So you get these abnormal structural development of tight junction proteins, then we get more of these uh, products that shouldn't be coming in uh, in between the cells. So the lectins actually uh, affects this type of cytotoxicity by the cell surface receptor and lectin interaction. So does lectins cause weight gain? Ooh, this is a big one, folks, because it's the lectins that are found in lentils, green peas, corn, potatoes, and especially the wheat germaglutinin, which comes from wheat products, because what they do is they bind to insulin receptors. Now remember, you basically have a receptor, which is a lock, and then you have a key, okay? Well, with your insulin, your insulin goes to the lock, unlocks it, opens up the portals, and allows for sugar and excess fat to start getting stored. Well, these lectins act as a secondary key. It's like going to the hardware store and making a copy of the key, and that's how these lectins work, and then you bind to these insulin receptors, giving the fat cells the same message that insulin does, and that's namely to make more fat. And so lectins blocked the feedback inhibition. If we start noticing that too much is happening, then the body has a way, a mechanism called a feedback inhibition mechanism, which shuts something off. So if you're overproducing something, the body recognizes there's too much, it shuts the system down. It's a way of maintaining the balance 
uh, in the body. So lectins block this feedback inhibition. And so when they're bound to these receptors, they remain indefinitely attached to them and it gives the cell that constant message to continuously make fat. This is the reason why weight loss programs that include moderate amounts of carbohydrate intakes end up failing. The other thing is, is that lectins block digestive hormones and the wheat germ agglutinin can bind to the receptor for cholecystokinin or CCK and that's a hormone involved in appetite control. It suppresses its function and this leads to an increase in appetite. What's more, it also, lectins also impair the release of secretin. Now secretin is a digestive hormone which stimulates the pancreas to secrete pancreatic juices. And so the pancreas has a number of functions. Um, we talked about it secretes insulin, which helps to uh, lower blood sugars. During the starvation state, secretes glucagon, which then goes to the fat cells and starts breaking down fat cells to produce ketones and to manufacture uh, sugars. And so this is why these uh, low-carb diets... Uh, we know that fat and protein stimulates glucagon, and that's how we're able to maintain those blood sugar levels. So, and it starts to break down fat. Uh, this is some of the benefits of uh, being in a low-carb diet. But also, the pancreas also secretes these pancreatic juices, which contain these enzymes like amylase, trypsin, and chymotrypsin. And these break down sugars and as, as well as proteins for proper digestion. So... It's important that our foods get digested well in order so that the intestines can absorb them. Because if you if you have larger uh, protein molecules or anything, sugar molecules or fat molecules that did not get broken, broken down to a small enough level and you have a leaky gut, that's when that stuff starts to get in, locally starts an inflammatory reaction in the gut, and then systemically once it gets into the bloodstream becomes toxic and starts causing an immune reaction elsewhere in the body and that's what causes a lot of these other disorders that we've talked about that affects the respiratory system the renal or the kidney system the skeletal system uh, skin and so forth and so on so some of the recommendations of course my number one recommendation is just to stay away from things such as the wheat germ agglutinin which comes from gluten or gluten products. Uh, if you are going to eat beans, because beans do have some benefit uh, nutritionally, and it's good to have. Um, the way to, to reduce the lectins is through a number of processes called soaking, um, cooking them, and then sprouting them. Now, usually, if you soak them and get them soft, you will eliminate um, a, a significant amount of lectins in beans, such as your kidney beans, uh, black beans, navy beans, all of those beans, um, even lentil beans, it's a good thing to soak them. Now, if you could, and, and what you do with the water is uh, throw out the water and then let them soak a little bit longer so more lectins can collect in the water and you can discard it, therefore reducing the lectins in beans. Now, with some beans, if you allow them to sprout, by the time they sprout, there's hardly any lectins at all in the beans. So even if you start seeing a little sprouting, it's a great way to reduce the lectins, especially if you like beans and get the benefits of the fiber and the proteins from beans. 
Cooking the beans also as well helps to reduce the lectins. Another way to reduce the lectins is to consume foods that contain natural lectin blockers. Cranberries, kiwi, uh, some of the vegetables like cabbage and okra are mucilaginous vegetables, which helps coat the lining of the intestines. And remember we talked about that mucin layer that's produced by the goblet cells uh, within the intestines. Well, guess what? Cabbage and okra helps to add to that uh, mucinous um, layer, which then protects the intestines from allowing these lectins to get in. Um, bladder rack seaweed. So seaweed contains a sugar called fucose. Now, it's, fucose is not a sugar like your regular table sugar uh, or your high fructose uh, sugars. It's a sugar that binds to these lectins and helps eliminate them. Uh, crustacean foods such as lobster and shrimp. Oh, yes. Eating that will help bind to these lectins. Now, you're not going to be able to eat any of these every time. You might say have some beans or some lentil soup. Um, although they do help in eating other products that do contain some of these lectins. But you can take some supplements. Uh, one of them is the N-acetylglucosamine, which blocks the wheat germ agglutinin from um, inhibiting the secretin release. Now, remember, secretin helps the pancreas to release those digestive enzymes. So N-acetylglucosamine blocks that um, WGA or the wheat germ agglutinin from preventing the secretin release. D-mannose is another sugar, but it's not stored and it doesn't spike insulin that binds to lectins. Also, slippery elm, um, which is an herb which helps, it acts as an emollient, and berberine, which helps to control inflammation in the GI, uh, the GI tract. So with that, you start to see that these are some of the ways that we can prevent the absorption of lectins. Again, I'm always more towards the paleo diet, uh, which Dr. Uh, Cordain suggests not to consume any food products that have any wheat in them. So with that, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us on our show. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a review and visit our website and social media accounts to connect with us more. And if you would like to see any of the sources of research in this episode, it will be available in the show notes and in the description. For now, I'm Dr. Sal. I'd like to thank you for joining us. Have a great day and God bless.